You're listening to Sugar House Sound. Welcome to this week's episode of Office Hours. My name is Katie Felice, and I am a reporter for Westminster College's Forum Media. In this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Jan Saeed, Director of Spiritual Life on campus, to discuss her work with respecting diverse people and their perspectives, and how relevant and important that is, not only on a global scale, but also in our campus community. Uh, My name is Jan Saeed, and I'm the Director of Spiritual Life Programming here at Westminster College in the Office of Student Affairs. I run the programs that are connected to spiritual life and to what students are involved with with their different faith-based clubs. Some of this involves programming and some of it involves more of accompaniment of what the students are already wanting to have happen on campus. So I've been at Westminster for 10 years. I actually went to school at the University of Utah and also at a university in Switzerland in consultation and conflict resolution. But for the past 10 years, I've been working at Westminster in the Office of Spiritual Life. I think that spiritual life is like an overarching umbrella of almost everything else that we do. And so even though my degrees before this were in public health, health education, and consultation and conflict resolution, this overarching sense of spiritual life and what I did with the Olympics as the chair of the Interfaith Roundtable for that time during the 2002 Winter Games, and also with working with the Interfaith Roundtable to bring the Parliament of World Religions here has given opportunities for the students to connect with things that are on a more global level of using their spirituality to create change within themselves, to create change in the world can be so global and you think of it as more of a global thing that also really resonates probably on campus with different groups and having a different group and a different place for everyone to fit. Yeah I think one of the concepts that we've been talking about lately is the concept of GPS or a global peace and spiritual life center or that we're working as a global peace and spiritual life team the GPS team we're finding our way in the world that through personal transformation we can find our space and our place for creating change in the world for the betterment of the whole world yeah definitely I think one of the things with using the title GPS or global peace and spiritual life is a concept that maybe resonates better than just the word spiritual life with with a larger circle of students and faculty staff. That when we think about that we can play a role in creating global peace, that by our own transformation, our own changes, our more development of our spiritual life, we can connect with others, we can connect with other people of other cultures, and actually create change in society. That that global peace issue is something that in a world where we're interconnected by our phones with people from the other side of the world within seconds, it just brings it to home that we are concerned about peace, not only in our own lives, in our own hearts, our own homes, but also in the community and the world at large. Yeah. So a lot of the events that we have, I... All the 10 years that I've been here, I've been thinking, how do we relate 
spirituality to this campus. And it's a small liberal arts school, and the students here are great thinkers, and we really want to educate them in some of the learning goals of global consciousness, social responsibility, ethical awareness. And another one is respect for diverse people and their perspectives through acts of kindness, through teamwork. How do we build an understanding of respect for diverse people? How do we create opportunities for global consciousness, social responsibility, and ethical awareness. So anytime I do programming, I try to think of those two learning goals as kind of a guide for me for what we should be learning about. So bringing in groups, we've had a series called The Truth Behind Religion and brought different people in from different religions to meet with a small group of 20 to 30, 40 students at a time to talk about their religion and those students could really experience and interact with an individual that is scholarly and yet knowledgeable about their faith. So this year, we started something called the GPS series, Global Peace and Spiritual Life series of lectures. And Dr. Hoda Mahmoudi is the Baha'i Chair for World Peace Studies at the University of Maryland in Washington, D.C. And she came on campus last week to do a presentation on race, class, and gender, Baha'u'llah's teachings over the past 200 years on this topic. And she presented some very interesting concepts, such as, well, she comes from the background of a sociologist. And in fact, she worked here at Westminster a long time ago, and she graduated from the University of Utah. And she was talking from a social construct standpoint. Both race and gender are social constructs that they are things that we as a society have created. And even the suggestion of science and the genome project says that 99.7 or 9% of our genomes are the same in across from a scientific standpoint from all what we consider races. So race is a social construct rather than it really exists. And the same thing with gender, that we're all on a continuum, that we, different cultures will say certain traits are more feminine versus more masculine. But again, there are certain men that have all of these traits that would be considered feminine, and there's certain women that would have all of these traits or capacities that would be considered masculine. And so again, it's a social construct versus the scientific. There is a certain science to what our bodies are biologically, but as far as what makes something gender male, gender female, and how we interact is more along a continuum. And if we respect all humanity as one race, as one humankind, then we should respect that these different qualities can exist in both male and female, that um, race really doesn't have any bearing on what you should or could do as a human being. And so this all gets back to that sense of respect for diverse people and perspectives that no matter what race, what class, what gender, you should we we should be trying to realize the oneness of humanity and and she went on further to say that the creation is all from there's only one earth so this one earth has been created by one source and from a bahai perspective she shared that the bahai faith as many monotheistic religions believe that there is only one creator and that unknowable essence uh, could be known as god it's kind of make you think in a different way. Yeah. Things that we always accepted just because. Actually, when we scientifically analyze them from a sociological standpoint, they don't make sense. And now from even a, a biological standpoint, they're being proven untrue. Yeah. 
there is an yeah. agreement between science and religion in that sense. If when she's talking about Baha'u'llah's teachings that say that it's the oneness of humanity, there is only one race, it is the human race, then the scientists are also saying the same thing. Yeah. This concept of respect for diverse people and perspectives as a learning goal for Westminster College is paramount to what I try to hopefully have happen out of this office. That if we can start to see others not as the other, but as actually part of the one human family, that's a huge learning. And in college, we're going to graduate and go out into the work world and be working with people that are all different backgrounds, whether they're Muslim, Jewish, Christian, Baha'i, Zoroastrian. It doesn't matter. They are all human beings that we need to be able to interact with. And to not think that just because maybe we dress different, we talk different, we have different holy days or different cultural observances, that there isn't a basic human essence to each of us. So the programming that we try to do, whether it's the World Citizen Mentoring Program, which allows Westminster students to go into junior high and act as an animator, are um, part of the Junior Youth Spiritual Empowerment Programming, that as a World Citizen Club in these, these junior high areas, it's a place where Westminster students can actually help mentor and role model acceptance of diversity and diverse people. And in fact, the students that are involved are from many different countries, as well as people from Utah and other states. And these, these students, six to eight of them, have been going over to St. Anne's for the last couple of years and really developing relationships. Some of the kids are from the Sudan and other parts of the world. And so it's a really intermingling of people from different, um, different life experiences and just having conversations about how do we respect one another? How, what are some ways we can be of service in society? How can we change things from a polarized view to one of an integrative view, an integrated view of the world? And having conversations with the 11 to 14 year olds or college age or people beyond that is very exciting, very dynamic because when you see on the news or even in relationships in neighborhoods where people are on a se- have a sense of division amongst themselves, it's so nice to create guidelines for sharing that allow everyone to be heard and to feel like their perspective is valued versus in an adversarial kind of conversation where it's always, I have to prove myself right, thereby proving you wrong. If we can have conversations and create spaces where everyone everyone's perspective is valued, everyone can say what they believe at this moment and will not be made fun of or belittled, This is a huge move forward because it seems so often conversations are had where I have to prove you wrong in order to agree or to have my beliefs stand on their own. And even one of the things that is always challenging to me is when there's a conversation or you see it on the media where they call people names if they change their perspective instead of realizing people can change perspective because they've gained new information. And if we believe that people can never change their perspective, then we don't really believe in growth. We don't really believe in the capacity to learn. And it really makes a difference in the attitude and atmosphere that we create to have these learning opportunities, to have these conversations. And there's a spiritual quote that says, true consultation is spiritual conference in the attitude and atmosphere of love. And that the twin luminaries 
of true knowledge and seeking new knowledge and understanding is consultation and compassion. And if we don't have compassion for the person that we're speaking with, we become adversaries instead, and we don't learn from one another. But if we have love and compassion in our conversation and we're truly listening, the sacred art of listening is a huge aspect of building community in my, my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And I think all of the programs that we have out of the Office of Spiritual Life are really aimed at creating that space, creating a space where people can all feel welcome to share their perspective, no matter how different it is from what they feel someone else in the room might have. Yeah, Absolutely. And with that being a big part of what Westminster is and what it wants to be for students. Um, having students come in from different backgrounds and different countries and different spiritual ways of life, um, what are some ways that you've taught students to be more open to others? My training when I was in Switzerland <laughs> and uh, take, taking my master's program, it was on spiritual consultation and conflict resolution. And actually, the uh, provost asked me to do a program for the faculty, and we did it on really the basis of conflict resolution and conflict-free conflict resolution, which was one of the models, a developmental model of conflict resolution that I had learned in my college experience. And this really is looking at a worldview that whenever you're trying to resolve something, whether it's an interpersonal, intercommunity, or international, if you're looking at the level of maturity, and this is a developmental model from infancy to adolescence to adulthood, that at each stage there's a way of looking at the world or a certain worldview. And at each stage there's a, a way of making decisions. But of course, the model of adult or the most mature way of making decisions would be one of inclusivity and one where all factors are taken in and not just one side or two sides. So this model of conflict-free conflict resolution is a presentation I've given to the faculty. I use this model with students and with interactions. We have retreats where we, we talk about that. In fact, we'll be going this weekend on another retreat and be talking about models and of decision-making and how can we do it that is more inclusive. On this campus, we're a very liberal, liberal arts campus, and we live in a state that is very conservative in many ways. And on the issue of religion, if you're thought to be or not be exactly the same as others, sometimes your view is not respected as much as someone else's. And I think sometimes even in the classrooms, without the knowledge of the professor, it creates an environment where some of the students feel uncomfortable if their point of view is not the mainstream view of maybe the professor of, or maybe three or four of the students. There's one student that feels very differently. Or if they even do get bold enough to say their very different perspective, the others can actually gang up on them. And it is very uncomfortable to speak up again. And over and over, I hear that happens on our campus, even though this campus is a very loving campus. And I think the majority of the people, if not all the people, do not mean to do that to one another. Unfortunately, it happens. And until we become really much more conscious and raise our level of conscience to what we are doing to one another by our actions or by our reactions, when someone says something that is contrary to what we believe, we're not going to have those open conversations that really can move us together in a mature, 
way of solving our problems. So the GPS lecture series, the Global Peace and Spiritual Life lecture series, will be going on all year long. And it just started with this first lecture that Dr. Hoda Mahmoodi gave on race, class, and gender in Baha'u'llah's teachings. Uh, so there will be three or four other lectures going on to each semester. And we look forward to having people come and join us for those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Coexist Cafe has been a really... Uh, fun part of my office work. It gets the different clubs that are faith-based together. They send a representative and we, we have a topic that we will cover um, each time and the different perspectives are, are presented from students of different backgrounds, whether it's LDSSA, Hillel Club, MSA, the Muslim Association, or the Griffins for the Greater Good Spiritual Life Club, or the Catholic Club. There's, there's different faith-based clubs on campus, and each of them can send a representative to the Coexist Cafe, and they will talk about that topic and share for about 45 minutes. And so we get to learn these different perspectives and then um, share that learning with our friends afterwards. So it's, it's a great opportunity to come together. Sometimes we've had four or five different faiths just share 10 minutes about what they believed on some one topic. Or sometimes it's just been a general topic. Share what this religion means to you. And so people can learn from each other. Yeah. Another thing that we did out of this office was take students to the United Nations General Assembly to meet with the president of Iran. This was in 2009, so it's been a while, but it was such an impactful experience to talk to, a, you know, basically a president dictator person that was of a very different belief and certainly at odds with our government and with what was going on to create a space for interfaith dialogue and we had the opportunity to have 10 students go and participate with that was very challenging and very interesting. And it's one of those areas that I would like to see us do again as we work on this global peace and spirituality aspect is could we meet with world leaders going to New York during the General Assembly of the United Nations and connect again? That that was one of the activities that we did here that I thought was a very interesting experience. And again, the students found it fascinating. Yeah. I would like to thank Jan for being with us and sharing her thoughts. And thank you for listening to this episode of Office Hours.